God, does this life mean anything? Do I have a purpose? And sometimes I don't even know if you exist. And if you do, do you care about me? I mean, who am I even? Better yet, who are you? Are you an all-knowing, all-loving God? Or are you just a bystander just watching the world die? Guess we'll find out. Hey, Case, how's life? I don't know. It's all right. I've been dealing with some things like every human being and really didn't sleep much last night. I'm sorry. That's fine. I just think I need a little me time. I just think I need a little free time. A little break from the shows and the bus rides. Yeah, last year I had a breakdown. Thoughts telling me I'm lost, getting too loud. Had to see a therapist and I found out. Something funny's going on up in my house. Yeah, I started thinking maybe I should move out. You know, pack my car, take a new route. Clean up my yard, get the noose out. Hang up my heart, let it air out. I've been searching. What does that mean, Case? I've been learning. Grabbing my keepsakes, leaving my burdens. Well, I brought a few with me. I'm not perfect. Looking at the view like this concerns me. Picking up the cues, right? I'm quite nervous. Hate it when I lose sight. Life gets blurry and things might hurt me. It's probably going to be a long journey, but hey, it's worth it, though. Go world out there, kids. Grab your coats. Been a minute, I know. Now I'm back to Rome. Looking for the antidote to crack the code. Pretty vivid, I admit it. I'm in classic mode. Don't need pity given to me, but I can't condone. Talking down to me, I'm going to have to crack your nose for cracking jokes. I'm looking for the map to hope you've seen it Been making a whole lot of changes Wrote a song about that, you should play it I get scared when I walk on these stages I look at the crowd and see so many faces Yeah, that's when I start to get anxious That's when my thoughts can be dangerous That's when I put on my makeup and drown in self-hatred Forget what I'm saying and Where'd the beat go? Oh, ain't that something? Drums came in, you ain't see that coming Hands on my head, can't tell me nothing Got a taste of the fame at a pump in my stomach Throw it back up like I don't want it Wipe my face clean off my vomit OCD trying to push my buttons I said don't touch it, now y'all done it I can be critical, never typical Intricate but every syllable, I'm a criminal Intimate but never political, pretty visual Even if you hate it, I make you feel like you're in it though You call me what you wanted but never call me forgettable Leave you deep in thought I could never swim in the kiddie pool Wait it, I've been thinking the cinematic is beautiful Man, I don't know if I'm making movies or music videos Though the sales can rise Doesn't mean much though When your health declines See we've all got something That we trap inside That we try to suffocate You know hoping it dies Try to hold it underwater But it always survives Then it comes up out of nowhere Like an evil surprise Then it hovers over you To take your means alive You don't relate to that Must not be as crazy as I am The point I'm making is The mind is a powerful place What you feed it can affect you In a powerful way It's pretty cool right Yeah but it's not always safe Hang with me This will only take a moment okay Think about it for a second If you look at your face Every day when you get up And think you'll never be great You'll never be great Not because you're not But the hate will always find a way to cut you up and murder your fate. I've been developing, take a look at the benefits. Nothing to matter with, I can never be delicate. Am I even relevant? It depends on your measurement. Take a measurement, then back it up and give me the evidence. Pretty evident, dependable, can never be tentative. I'm a gentleman, depending on if I think you're genuine. Pretty elegant, but not afraid to take it to get a grip. Proper etiquette, I keep it to myself when I celebrate. It's that time again, better grab your balloons and invite your friends Seatbelts back on, yeah, strap them in Look at me, everybody, I'm smiling big On a road right now that I can't predict Tell me, turn that down, but I can't resist Yeah, I know that sound, better raise your fist The search begins, I'm back, so enjoy the trip For my breath now. Am I on? Yeah, you're Awesome. What's up, guys? Y'all looking good tonight, this morning. So um, let's pray before we get into this. 
Lord Jesus, I just thank you for the opportunity, God, to come here and speak, God, about where you want to take us. Where you want to take us to, Lord Jesus, the search that we go through in this life, Lord. And I just pray that these are your words, they're not my words, that you're glorified, I'm not glorified, God. I ask that this resonates deep within somebody, Jesus. I just thank you. I thank you for the band. I thank you for the dedication of this church. I thank you for these people, Lord Jesus. And I just ask that you touch us this morning and be with us. In your name, amen. amen. All right, guys. Um, the band was awesome, right? Yeah. Man, the band killed it. I lost myself, but we got back on track. But um, I heard this song about four months ago, three, four months ago, when... Um, Mom had just went into the hospital. She was starting this journey of her being sick. And uh, Ben Harris actually played me this song, kind of a workout song, and I absolutely wore it out. I mean, you ever heard that song that you'll play over and over and over? Well, I did that, and my wife and kids really appreciated it because <laughs> it's their favorite kind of music. So um, there'd be time, Tiffany even busted in on me in the shower one time when I'm, and so I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. You didn't see what you thought you saw, you know, but she did. Um, but we're all searching for something, right? In this life, we're all searching for something. Um, me, this song resonated deep within me because... Um, I searched for who I was my whole life. I mean, we, we, can search for, um, we can search for peace. We can search for wealth. We can search for acceptance. But ultimately, we're all searching for who we are, yeah. for who we are. And this resonated with me because I had dealt with that my whole life. I, I didn't, I don't know, I was raised. Now, Kelly, if you don't know, is my older brother, much older brother, and Chris... <laughs> is even older than him, so there's six, Chris is 16 years older than me, Kelly is 12, Stephen, I think Stephen's here tonight, yeah, or this morning, I don't know why I want to say tonight, but he's seven years older than me, so by the time I hit my teenage years, there was these expectations, they were already successful in their own right, right, so I mean, these expectations got put on me, like, Casey, you're going to do big things, you know, you have such potential, well, by the, that was cool when I was 12, but when I was 30 and people were saying you have potential, it's really just, uh, you're a screw-up that has a little talent, you know. Uh, when you're 30 and you're successful, you're just successful, you know. So, so that, that was the thing, is I was searching, I was trying to find who I was, and um, I, felt like, I felt like that I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was who God wanted me to be. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know if God even existed at this point. I just knew that I was raised in church my whole life, and I didn't really like what I seen around me. I didn't really, I don't know. I guess I was the typical prodigal son. I was probably spoiled, really, is what it was. So, amen. Can I get an amen? Yeah, thanks, Kelly. I appreciate that. But um, we're going to talk about the things that make us who we are. Like, the first one you know, we got nature versus nurture in psychology. So genetics. Genetics play a huge role in who we are, the markers we get. Hey, you have your dad's eyes. Hey, you have your mom's smile. Like, I, people will tell me this all the time. They're like, Casey, what's wrong with you? You look mad. I'm like, this is just the way I look. 
I'm not happy. I'm not mad. I'm just, this is Casey. Or they'll say, Casey, why don't you smile more? I am smiling right now on the inside. Got a big smiley face. And if you don't believe that, I mean, look at Kenley right there. If you could pan to her face, she has a perpetual scowl all the time. Right? Amen. But genetics play a huge part in who we are. Then secondly, the culture we're raised in, the people we are around shape who we are. And I've got to take a drink, guys. I feel like Fire Marshal Bill up in here, like, you know. Mouth's really dry. So, culture shapes who we are. It's both shared and learned. It is more than just race, ethnicity, or nationality. Culture embodies values, beliefs, ideas, economy, communication, behaviors, rituals, institutions, religion. Culture influences the human experience in every aspect of our life. Now, personal identity is often formed by how we differ from those around us. However, this isn't always the case. Some people form an identity based on their parents' values and expectations, while other people adopt the identity of a peer group, school cliques, church family. That's who we, uh, we adopt that role. So we are shaped or influenced by the beliefs, beliefs of those closest to us. So my question is, is how can we really know who we are ever? If we're always influenced by somebody else, what makes us tick individually as a person? Who are we? What defines us? Now, what is an identity? The word identity describes who you are in totality. It's the real truth about the real you. Since you're not an abstract cloud of nothingness, but rather a definitive living human being, you already have a specific God-given identity, whether you want it, know it, or understand it. It's just the way it is. When we are not in sync with God's design, there is a sense of failure even in our success. Even in our success. So let's uh, turn to a few verses that I believe exemplify or at least qualify these statements. If you'll pull them up right there. 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 40. We're going to skip a little bit because uh, we're going to go down here to 35. I went after it, struck it, and rescued it from its mouth. Rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord will be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go on these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. He took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch in the shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Now, this verse embodies what I want to talk about. God kind of revealed this to me. Uh, you know what I think our biggest problem is of finding who we are? Is we're putting on other people's armor. We're putting on other people's armor. We're putting on what other people think we should be, or what, uh, I, I mean, even as a church, sometimes we're guilty of watching a movement, Bethel movement, and, saying, and trying to recreate that, but God has something individually he wants to do for this church, and collectively, as does his church. We don't have to imitate. God is a creator. He creates new things. We don't have to imitate, guys. 
So we keep putting on other people's armor, and I, and I think that's a lot of us, guys. We, we put on something we were never equipped to have. And the thing about armor is it's tailor-made for each individual. Everybody has their own armor. So when David's putting on his armor, he's like, it's don't fit, guys. This don't fit. I can't fight in this. Well, that's what we do still, you know, um, metaphorically, is we're putting on other people's armor. And this can lead us to being very unfulfilled with who we are. If we're walking around acting like somebody else all the time, we're not going to be fulfilled with who God has called us to be. So, Because God has a plan for each individual on, the, on this planet, period. You know, Kelly says this, and he probably said it earlier. You were put here on purpose for a purpose. If I tried to get up here and preach like Kelly does, I even actually hate that I say I'm preaching. I'm speaking. This is like a TED Talk. All right? <laughs> so... I hate, if I got up here and tried to do what Kelly does, it wouldn't resonate because it wouldn't be authentic. People can see when somebody's not being authentic. They know it. I might connect with a few of you. I might even make some people laugh, but it's not real. Now, if you heard Chris speak, a lot of y'all were at the marriage conference, my oldest brother, um, very gifted speaker. He's very procedural. Very, and he has an encyclopedic knowledge of everything, I'm sure. But if he was here this morning, he might say something like this. Hey, guys, this morning we are, going to, we are going to unpack the whole book of Ephesians in this service right here right alone, and I've only got 27 quick bullets I'm going to give you. Now, bullet 1A, and if we don't get to them all, um, it's in your notes. So um, that's not me. That's not, I can't be that dude. That's not, thank Jesus, because I can't, I'm not like that. He's an, and to say, these are two of my favorite, two of my favorite communicators. Kelly and Chris are gifted in ways that I'm not, but we're all gifted in ways that we're not with anybody else. So we don't need to try to be somebody else. Now, the feelings of insecurity are directly linked to us not listening to what God has to say about us. Now, suicide is at an all-time high. You hear Kelly speak on it. Chris Cornell, people that are what we would consider successful are killing themselves. Not only um, musicians and actors, but pastors yeah. in our own church are killing themselves. And I don't want to speak to somebody's mental health issue, but my idea is that they've lost the voice of God. They started wondering who, started, stopped trying to find, started trying to find who they were and not who he is. You know, I, this can lead to us having these serious questions. Whenever I tried to put on this armor of everybody else, it made me very, very uh, skeptical about church and everything else. I, I would wonder, God, are you there? Did, has anybody asked, ever asked those questions? God, are you even there? God, do you care about me? If you are there, do you care about me? I know I've asked those questions. So is there a plan? Do you care? Is there meaning? Oh, Lord, do you see us down here? When I die, put my ashes in a trash bag. I don't care where they go. Don't waste your money on my gravestone. I'm more concerned about my soul. It's gonna die. Don't everybody live though Sometimes I look up to the sky And wonder do you see us down here Oh Lord Oh Lord Do you 
songs today guys sometimes we might get them all right the band does great but man i did it not to as a gimmick but i feel like god is really saying something i think those are very big questions we ask ourselves god do you see us down here do you really know what's going on inside of me do you care see i believe no matter how hard we search for who we are unless we know who god is we're not going to find ourselves we can either let our identity shape us or we can let god shape our identity and if you have some notes, that'd probably be a good time to write some down right there. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't know about anybody else. That's pretty good. We can either let our identity shape us, or we can let God shape our identity. No matter if you're an atheist, agnostic, Jew, Muslim, or a Christian, we are image bearers of an almighty God. You can't get up in the morning and catch a glimpse in the mirror without seeing your creator. You know, that's, that's just it. You can think what you want to. These insecurities we have are unfounded because we are an image bearer of God. Now, Alexander the Great 
So, uh, he was one of the biggest generals in our history, but there's a story about him that I think is so excellent. Now, Alexander the Great, one of the greatest military generals who ever lived, conquered almost the entire known world with his vast army. One night during the campaign, he couldn't sleep and left his tent to walk around the campgrounds. As he was walking, he came across a soldier asleep on guard duty, a serious offense. The penalty for falling asleep on guard duty was, in some cases, instant death. The commanding officer sometimes poured kerosene on the sleeping soldier and lit it. The soldier began, my daughter would be dead. You know what I'm saying? Kaylee would be dead, gone. But so the soldier began to wake up as Alexander the Great approached him. Recognize who was standing in front of him. The young man feared for his life. Do you know what the penalty is for falling asleep on guard duty? Alexander the Great asked the soldier. Yes, sir, I do. The soldier responded in a quivering voice. Soldier, what's your name? demanded Alexander the Great. He said, Alexander, sir. Alexander the Great re repeated the question, what is your name? My name is Alexander, sir, the soldier repeated. A third time and more loudly, Alexander the Great asked, what is your name? A third time, the soldier meekly said, my name is Alexander, sir. Alexander the Great then looked the, the young soldier straight in the eye. Soldier, he said with intensity, either change your name or change your conduct. See, he knew. God knows. He's trying to tell us that we bear the, we bear the name of greatness. Yes. We bear the name of greatness. Whether you believe in God or not, you bear the name of greatness. We are his image bearer. He created us with an individual goal for our life. But if we don't know how, God, how good God is, how amazing his grace is, how awesome his love is, we will never find our identity. Now, I think I'm saying this guy's name right. He was a church father, Irenaeus. That sounds pretty good. If you didn't know, then I said it right. <laughs> the glory of God is a human being fully alive. And to be alive consists in beholding God. Richard Lentz said this, Thus humans may be said to have a reflexive identity. In some sense, they find meaning outside themselves by virtue of what they reflect. There's a, few, there's a few more questions that are more significant in what it means to be an image bearer of God. It's at the heart of what it means to be a human. How we treat each other is what it means to be an image bearer of God. And I said earlier, that's probably why I'm not a pastor, because I, there's sometimes I don't treat people great. I mean, I treat people fine, but I've got a little temper. You know? But it governs our ethics. It's calling us to see every person as valuable and treat every individual with dignity, respect, and honor. It helps us answer these questions. Why do we exist? What is our purpose? What makes human life valuable? Where does our worth and dignity I quit that. Where does our worth and <laughs> where does our worth, dignity, and value as human beings come from? Identity has received a lot of attention here lately. Even Kelly spoke of one of it during the Disney series, Lion King, about identity. Rightfully so, it's an important topic because if we don't know who we are, we're not going anywhere. We must factor in how sin scars, mars, and wrecks the image of God in us without eliminating it. And then how in Christ we're remade into God's great design for us as his image bearers. All humans were created with a fun fundamental identity as unique persons who bear God's image. There's a lot to be said, but we'll bullet down to these basic truths. Identity begins like everything else in creation, even what is not in God's image as a created being. That's our identity. 
Now, um, but to say that, we are image bearers, but unless we have a relationship with Jesus, we don't get some of the access we need to him to be who we are, right? We don't get that access. See, I look a lot like Kenneth Goins, my dad. I look a lot like him. But because of choices I made as an individual growing up, I didn't have the relationship I wanted to have with my dad. I didn't. I didn't pursue that relationship with my dad. I had his likeness, but I didn't pursue a relationship when we have a relationship with Jesus, not only are we image bearers, but we are his. He is in us and we are in him. Now, that's an important statement because everything he is transfers to us. Amen. Ephesians 1, 3 says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing because we are in Christ. To be in Christ means that you receive all that Jesus has done, everything that he is, and all that he will ever do or be. That means everything that we are or yearn to be, anything we want to be, flows out of who he is. It flows out of who he is. You want to have peace? He's peace. You want to find love? He's love. You want to be strong? He's strong. If you want to face this life without fear in this life, he's courageous. If we don't start getting to know who he is through his word and talking to him, like you hear Ben talk all the time, praying's a dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's not a list of demands to God. It's listening to. It's getting to know our Father. Now, the next point we're going to get to is when we're searching for who we are, who's in our search party? Who do we have helping us? Who's there supporting us? Do we have people supporting us or not? There's a few different stories in the Bible I want to lean on. The first one is Jonah. The word of the Lord, you got it up there? Good. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He, he went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare... He went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. The story goes on to say that the men on the boat grew scared and drew lots, and they ultimately decided to throw Jonah overboard. These men did nothing wrong, but they let their own guy on their ship. Jonah's disobedience almost cost these men their lives, along with their decision to let him on board. The second story, it goes a little different. It's in the book of Mark. Can you pull that up for me? Thank you. 4, 35 through 41. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So the question is, guys, is who's in your search party? People that create storms or people that calm them? Are you going to have somebody that creates storms or calms them? That's important, guys. I, in my whole life, I, I, even when I was looking for myself, you can, lost people can't help you find yourself. They're lost. I mean, that's it. So when, who is in your search party? We are relational. 
which means we were created as worshipers to be in relationship with God. But we were also created to be in relationship with other human beings. We were not meant to be isolated. We were meant to reflect God's image together. Now, Genesis 1, Genesis 1 indicates that not only does each person image God, but the unity and the diversity of male and female together images God. Male and females together image God uniquely, but it also points to the reality that our diverse personalities, ethnicities, skills, experiences, and characters image God. Right? By doing this, God revealed two fundamental truths about our humanity. Both men and women are fully formed equal image bearers. And two, we are different from each other and therefore dependent on each other. In other words, while each of us is fully in the image of God, none of us can fully reflect and represent God alone. Instead, we reveal the nature of God together. And as a result, we also find identity together. Now, this church has a, an identity, you know. What is our mantra? Does anybody know our mantra, our church? Good job. Who is that, Kelly? Well, I hope you know. Great job. How did you know that? It's amazing. This also tells us, like I said, we're not nomads, meant to live in isolations. Relationally, we're created to know, love, and be in communion with God. Relationally, we're created for communities where we belong and experience God through others. Relationally, we're created for healthy relationships of mutual serving and love, and love so as to bring about one another's joy and good. We are created to reflect God's love together. Together. Lastly, I'm going to talk about who I was now. Who I was and who I am are two different things now. A lot of people have trouble separating who I was and who I am. So if you want to talk to the old me, like I said before, you might want to go to the morgue because that dude's dead. You know what I mean? That's just it. If you want to talk to the old me, that guy's in the morgue. So um, 2008, I'll set it up. I mean, if you know me and know some of my story, I think in Meigs County alone, rested between 17 and 19 times. That's not counting surrounding areas and one trip in Alabama. So, but um, in 2008, 2007, when my dad started getting really sick, first it was dialysis and then it was cancer. And um, the way I handled him, I was already addicted to drugs. And that's, I just went through a divorce in 2007 and I was struggling with drugs and this happened. So I started a sharp descent into madness. Okay. So in 2008, he comes home, dialysis, brain cancer, and they're giving him the drugs that I use, right? So I'm stealing his drugs. I'm stealing those things from him. While he's dying on hospice in the next room, I'm stealing money out of his wallet. That's, that's who I was in 2008. Okay, let's fast forward 2019, a few months ago. Mom's in the hospital. She comes home. We're taking care of her. Me and Tiff are watching her get better. We think she's getting better. But then the doctors tell her, look, your heart can't handle this dialysis. So she made the decision to go off dialysis and go on to hospice. So um, they brought her home. We're having to, we're not having to, but getting to take care of her. And um, she's not good. And um, I tell them, look, I, I'm an ex-drug addict. I really don't want drugs in this house. I really don't. Can you administer them? They're like, no, we don't. I didn't know hospice um, was never there, so they're not. 
they're, they're there every now and again. So, so they said, we can give you a lockbox, but, I mean, obviously there's a key to a lockbox. So I started administering these drugs to mom. I think the devil thought he had me set up because back then I would have did the drugs. So he had, I was having to give her this liquid Oxycontin and Xanax while I'm giving it to her. I'm seeing her die a little bit every day, seeing her slip away from who she was. And God reminded that's how you were. You're slipping away from who you are every time you took those drugs. Oh, man. But the devil thought he could make me slip up. He thought he could make me fail. But you know what? He didn't know who I was anymore. Yeah. He didn't know who I was anymore. I wasn't that dude anymore. I wasn't that dude. And not only mom's slipping away, but she got in one final black eye with the devil. Like, look, huh? not my baby boy. Not today, devil. Not today. You know how my mom was. So you want to talk about someone who wasn't searching for who she was at the end? My mom. And then the last, uh, you know, 10 days before she died, we brought her to church here. And she sat there and worshiped like there was no tomorrow in a wheelchair, just holding her hands up to God. And uh, backstory to this is that um, Tiffany's pregnant. So if you didn't know that, you do now. So, yay. People are like, oh, oh what are you going to do? I'm, I don't I drop it off at the hospital. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to raise it. I mean, um, I'm going to be that 45-year-old dude uh, bringing their kid to school and saying, oh, your grandpa brought you. Cool. All right. Let's roll. That's, what, that's what's going to happen. But um, she's, preg or she's pregnant, so she was sick. It's the first little bit of that. So I'm having to get mom ready having to try to get Kenley ready, and I stress level is at an all-time high. If I had hair, I would have pulled it out. And so I get her ready for church. Get over here. Actually, English even said, are you okay? And I'm like, I am. I'm just in the zone right now. So bring her here, man, because I'm worried about pre preserving mom's life. I want to keep her here as long as I can, you know. And mom was worried about, I'm going over there to worship my God. Because I might not have another time to do it. And I was trying to hold her back. So she's down here singing the song she loves. Kelly, what is the song? All my life, All my life you have. Yeah, man. She's down here, right arms raised, and just giving it to the devil. And you know what I mean? That, to me, is like a um, King Leonidas moment, if there ever was one, and 300. It's a Russell Crowe and Gladiator moment. It's a William Wallace moment in Braveheart. If you want a heroic moment, if you found, I remember when I seen that video um, at first that when she sent it to me or Barb sent it to me, I broke down and cried when I seen it at the funeral. And a few days later, I watched it again, and I cried again because it's very moving, but I cried in a different way because I was thinking, Lord, she's she come there to say, not, devil, not, not today. You're not, this ain't, this ain't me. Devil, no matter what, declaring who you are to the enemy and being confident that no matter what the situation looks like, I've got this. I know who I am because I know who he is. And that's what she was. I'm victorious through Jesus Christ. See, searching can make you tired, but wondering, that's exhausting. Y'all seen this sticker, and it's a slogan, and some people say it, but not all who wonder are lost, some hippie saying or something. <laughs> I don't know. 
That may be true, but they're not going anywhere either. You know what I mean? If you're wondering, you're not going anywhere. The children of Israel wandered for 40 years and never found who God called them to be. Now, the definition of wandering is traveling aimlessly from place to place. The definition for searching, searching to look into carefully or thoroughly in an effort to find or discover something. What are we doing? This life gets overwhelming. This life gets overwhelming. But who are we searching for? And if we're not searching for Him, we're never going to know who we are. We're never going to know what makes us tick until we know who He is. Until we know how good our Father is, until we know how strong He is, we can't emulate those things. We can't latch on to those things. Because this life is tough, guys. I'm not going to make any bones about it. I've been doing good for 29 months now. Still tough. I just deal with real life problems now, not um, waking up sick anymore. That's I deal with real life issues. Still tough. Sins in this world, guys. But if we know who He is, we know who we are. And we're all separate. So, we just have to give it to Him, guys. Just give it to Him. Give it to our Father. Trust in you, but I don't 
never read that book enough And when I have a question I don't take the time to look it up or pick it up It collects dust on my nightstand I'm just being honest Please take this out of my hands I have no control I am just a person But thank the Lord that I serve a God that's perfect I do not deserve the opportunity you've given me I never knew what freedom was Until I learned what prison means I am not ashamed I don't care if they remember me Like life will always have a hope If you're not the centerpiece Take me out of bondage Take all of my pride If I don't have a savior I don't have nothing inside Take all of my lust Take all of my lies There's no better feeling than When I look in the sky And yes, it's amazing searching for herself we actually came to some way we can find who he is and in turn find who he are but I think maybe the question is is God search me David said it like this the psalmist said search me God know my heart test me and know my all my anxious thoughts see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting the psalmist is not saying that God doesn't know him He's asking God to prowl through all these influences, all these things that's made us who we are, and take them away. God, delete, restore, delete, restore. Delete the things I've added and restore the things you want. Make me who you want to make me. That's the thing. Is, um, and this is a little bit of free because I didn't even plan to say this, but you know, God is in the name changing business. God's in the name-changing business. Kelly talked last week about Jacob's name. Wait, what did it mean? To deceive. Well, God changes four people's name in the Bible. Changes Abram and Sarai. Abram changed it to father of many nations. Sarai, I'm not really sure, but it went right there with it. Really good. Really good. Jacob, one who wrestles with God. It was deceiver. And then he changed Peter's. It's changed to the rock. When God wants to do something in your life, when you're living in somebody else's armor, God will change your name when you tell him. God's in the name changing business. And we have some people, Gina, God's changed your name. You're not an addict. You're, you're not a bad mother anymore. You're, your name's been changed. Josh McCullough, bro. Your name's been changed, dude. 
Your name's been changed. Kelly and Denise, you could have been known as the person that lost a baby and then decided to give it up. No. God changed it. He changed your name. He changed your name. Tim, you could have been known to be angry at your father, but God didn't choose to do that. He changed your name. That's awesome, man. Thank you, Jesus. When we wonder about how does God really feel about us, the psalmist also said this. Psalms 36, 5 through 6. God's love is meteoric, His loyalty astronomic, His purpose titanic, His verdicts oceanic. Yet in His largeness, nothing gets lost. Not a man, not a mouse falls falls to the cracks. Aren't you happy we serve a God like that? Hey, aren't you happy we serve a God like that? And guys, um, I just want to... Um, I just want to speak to you this morning. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I feel like some of us may be wondering. Some of us may not have even decided to follow God right now. We're wandering through life and really don't know. So um, we really don't know if we want to uh, make that step, man. But God's telling you, start searching. Stop, start, start searching for who I am, who you are. I believe that. So um, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody this morning, but if you want to make that step to start pursuing God this morning, if you're here, I'm not a pastor, no, but you don't need to be. This is between you and God. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me. So if you're here and say, Casey, man, I'm tired of wondering. I am tired of wondering. I'm tired of wondering. You need to stick your hands up just a second. Well, then there's a second group of people that you're, you might be saved. You might be saved and you're just, God, I, I don't know how this all makes sense. You know, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm not sure who I am. I'm not sure who you are. Lord Jesus, just, and you, you're that person that you, you might not be um, unsaved, but you might just need help in this journey, this search. If you're that person, raise your hand. Anybody? One, two. Three, man, that's awesome, guys. And I'm not, um, whoever it is, guys, we're just going to pray, and um, I'm going to turn it over to Kelly. I, I believe God gave me this for somebody in here. I, I mean, I just didn't do it, and I didn't have the guys, which they did amazing, do three songs just to get up here and say, oh, well, I can rap. I mean, I'm not I'm a white dude from X County, all right? Might sound cool, but it, that's it. I, I feel like God gave me something for y'all. God gave me something, so Lord, I just pray this morning that it reached the people that you, you needed it to reach. Jesus, I just thank you, and the people in here that raised up their hand and said, God, you know, I believe in you. I'm just not sure where I'm going. I'm, not, I'm just not sure where I'm going. I want to reach out. I want you to reach down and find me, Lord Jesus. I want you to reach down and find me. I want to start looking for who you are so you can reveal who I am. I just thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you for touching these people individually. I thank you for that, God. I thank you that even if it didn't hit somebody now, that they'll get home later and start thinking about it. And they'll either, because you don't have to be in church to pray. You don't have to be in church that they will make that connection with you. And I just thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for this opportunity, God, to share your heart to share your heart. And I'll just thank you for that. I thank you for that this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you.